This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, driving passion for sport and communities throughout Ireland and abroad. We may not be able to get in on the sporting action we're used to, but we can get in on some exclusive offers from Renault. To celebrate their second year as official car partner of the GAA, Renault is offering a range of special offers on their new and used vehicles exclusive to all GAA club members. So now you can take home the win right to your door. Check out reno.ie slash GAA to find out more. A, a, a grain of rice. A, a grain of rice. If you want to tip the scale, just remember that, man. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer a whipping bite of monster. Hello people, how are you? Hard to believe, we're back with you again and there's only really three Sundays left in the hurling but you're very welcome along to the Irish Examiner podcast in association with Renault. Fair play, shout out to Paddy McGee, McGee and Co. Thanks for all, for all your help with the podcast all year lads and, and hopefully looking forward to three or four more uh, great mornings. Uh, delighted this morning, usual suspects. Mark Landers has a new cabinet there behind him. I don't know where the money's coming out of, but the house has been extended as week by week. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Just laugh. That's all right. Thanks, uh, Delighted to be joined by uh, John Hogan. Oh, no, it's Ken Hogan, but he's obviously <laughs> using John's. Uh, <laughs> well, Ken. How are you keeping, lads? Good, good, good to have you, boy. And top of the right, as I'm looking, Larry is obviously there, supervising everything. TJ has a new background this morning, and it is a backdrop. He's moving aside there so I can see it more clearly. It's the Gaelic Crowns in all its glory, back-to-back. Monster champions, back-to-back. League champions, the juggernaut that is Limerick hurling. Will it be stopped? I can't see it, Mark, really. Can you? No, but, you know, as, as, as John Kiley referenced yesterday, that after winning a Monster Championship, having won three matches, and it is, you know, they're really, I suppose, at the halfway juncture now, Anthony. Um, and, like, when you look at the draw that has thrown up this morning, they're going to more than likely have Tip or Galway in the semi-final, which is probably the most difficult. Like, if there's an All-Ireland to be won in Limerick to win it, they have won it the hard way and they've earned it. And, but they are, they're worthy favourites at the moment. But you know as well as I do in sport, anything can happen. And you see our friends in, in Offaly over the weekend, we'll probably discuss it later, how they came and stuck in a penalty shootout. So anything can happen in sport, Dale, but they are still the hot favourites for the championship. But like, what a weekend of all in four matches and every one of them are intriguing. Unreal, unreal. I, I was glad I went for a walk um, on Saturday morning because I was planted on the couch after that. Three hurling matches the last hour and a half of the Masters and then 
watching Katie Taylor box the ears off some poor lady from Spain <laughs> holding and trying the towel. I'll never know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if there's my daughter and uh, my sister or whatever, I'd be saying, will you get that lady from Wicklow off me? Like, <laughs> And, and, in, and in fairness, you you got an opportunity to go away for a bit of half an hour shopping to get a lovely green jacket there, and the kind of football final was on it. I never knew you were a male supporter with the green and red. Like you look always, well in fairness I, now. You yeah, know? well, I I always uh, well until until Jackie Terrell got me on the side on picture. I was looking <laughs> grand, but uh, anyway, and he ate all the sweets, which are he he's still playing junior A with James Stevens, definitely. TJ, it's great to have the top six hurling counties in Ireland left. Yeah, the, 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 the cream always comes to the top. Right they there? say that, they say that, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose, first of all, from a Limerick point of view, fantastic weekend. Um, I think the Munster Championship is prestigious in its own right. I know you might say it's halfway, but to win another Munster Championship, this group, they've showed themselves to be incredible over the last number of years. Back-to-back Munsters hasn't been done like in a long time in Limerick. As we know, it's, it's 81. So, yeah, re- really, really good performance. Intriguing match to watch tactically on television. Trying to work yes. out what Liam Cahill and Michael Beavis were doing to counteract that Limerick half-forward line. It definitely worked for long stages. And I know that maybe people will think that it mightn't have been a vintage Limerick performance. But for me, from where I was watching it, I'd be giving Wad for an awful lot of credit. Their use of the ball, their hurling, their overall fitness, their plan. It, it worked to a T in a lot of areas. And they tried a lot of different things with puckouts down the middle and going along with puckouts. So they need to give, give a lot of credit for that. But when all is said and done, another great win for Limerick, another most championship for this group. And it's onwards and upwards and a break over two weeks, which I think they will get a lot from the game and should see themselves in a good position for two weeks' time. Yeah, no doubt. And we'll, we'll talk about it in more depth. And, and uh, Declan Hannon is getting a bit sick of going up the steps of various stadiums, isn't he? Podiums, Ken. Uh, but Ken, I, I was tipping away on the old Twitter. I was trying to follow the, ma- the Masters and everything else Saturday. But I just I just put out one tweet, like, and coming down the stretch, I thought, I thought Cork looked good, and my fantasy team is gone nearly as a result. But uh, I just said, champs, Sean Champs form. I thought Tip really dug in, didn't they? Really, I, you know, the last quarter, Tip really showed showed the form of All Ireland champions. Yeah, it was a it was an amazing uh, weekend. Really, uh, the weather was shocking again uh, for for both days. Really, yesterday morning was terrible as well around Torres. And I, you know, we we spoke about Croke Park, and obviously we know Parker Keeve is 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 you know one of the top notch stadiums now. With Mark has alluded to that fact there in previous, but we have to take our hats off as well to the Gaelic grounds and the stadium in Torres because there was doubts about will the ball play, will the game, the quality of the game be as good. Now the conditions were woeful on Saturday night, and yesterday again, I thought it was a, a as as TJ said, an intriguing game. And I, I felt like it was played at championship pace. And that's a compliment to the pitches as well and to the people that look after the fields because um, the weather we're getting is incessant at the moment. And even this week is not promised too good. But from the tip point of view, playing with the wind in the first half, uh, we needed to be 6-7 up, we felt, at half time at least. Uh, I thought the critical scores were before half time, Dalo. Um, Dan McCormack, savage point from the middle of the field. And then just on the verge of halftime, Roland Maher made a sally and uh, he won a free that Jason Ford converted. That two pints that we came in at halftime was, I felt relieved myself. It was tangible uh, to something to hold on to, to something to hold on to, to stay with for a tip. 
Um, we knew they were going to come in a big second half because Tip, the way they had set up, really, they had set up as if they were playing against the Bees. I felt, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the guys had moved out the field. Shamey was isolated up front. And in the second half, then, you know, the introduction, the hard calls, Cody met him on Saturday night. Uh, Liam Sheedy met him, uh, you know, John coming off, you know, after 29 minutes. Uh, big decision, Noel coming off, you know, in the middle of the second half. Big decisions. But at the end of the day, Willie Connors, who had, you know, really fluid in Crow Park last year as well uh, in the semi-final and final, came in and made a huge impact in the game and got a, a savage fight. Some of the pints that Tip got were rallying pints there, though. You know, from the <clears> middle of the field, Willie Connors, Dan McCormack, you know, big scores that kept us in the game. And Cork obviously depended on Hargie a little bit too much again. He got a brilliant goal, a breakaway goal that we coughed up. Obviously, we, we, we were caught, caught wide open. But from our perspective, I think the tip back line really upped the ante in the second half. They dug in uh, where it was hard because I was on the pitch after the game. That breeze was still, you know, going yeah. into the city in, that's going in. So it was a, a fair performance in tip of character and resilience. That was, you know, yeah. we haven't, we haven't hit the, you know, the, the, you know, the real spot yet, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, and you could see by Liam, very animated, and we stay with this one, I suppose. You know, um, it was the, the big glamour tie, I suppose, of the, the traditional monster tie. But in a qualifier, obviously, a lot of people felt it would be the monster final, but it was a qualifier that every bit as much at stake with this year and and all that's yeah. in it. Um, it was an amazing game. I thought, Mark. You brought great fight to it, but just maybe ran out. Maybe the first half efforts told yeah. against you coming down the stretch, and maybe the tip, as Ken has alluded to, the Willie Connors, Paul Flynn, these fellas coming in, you know. And well, yeah, they, like they, definitely the subs boosted um, the Tipperary team. And I suppose on the flip side of that, I suppose our subs didn't, you know, offer, I suppose, a whole pilot, particularly on the scoreboard, anyway, like, you know. Um, I felt in the first half we played really, really well. I know the tip would have hit 12 wides in the first half as well. So, like, where tip had enough possession, Cock did bring a lot of fight to it. And, like, Hannity had an outstanding second half. And I was speaking to his father at length yesterday about it, like, and I said that God, Jamie didn't have a great first half. He said, Mark, he said, from what we can gather, the amount of running that himself and Robbie Flynn did in the first half in terms of covering space. And shutting down temporary attacks was was unreal. So there was a lot of unheralded work that was done in the first half. But Dela, I, I still think probably the, the two goals that we coughed up were pretty soft. Um, and I'm not going to say the second one was soft. It was more the timing of the second one. Because there was only a point, I think, in the game at the time. And the game could have went anyway at that stage. But it was a sucker blow uh, because we didn't have an opportunity maybe to get it back. But I thought the first goal... I'd be very disappointed. I said, Colin Spann would be very disappointed to leave Jason Ford inside him. And like I, I saw the, the, the Leinster final afterwards where Conor Whelan took on Conor um, Delaney. And Delaney held him out and held him out. And Whelan had him on the rack. Like, and I just thought that was exactly what was required in the Colin Spillane, uh, Jason Ford. No, give credit, credit to Jason Ford, but I'd be disappointed. And I'd say Nashi, to a certain degree, would probably be disappointed that he didn't save it either because it was more likely... It was hit straight at him, but it squirted off. It's hardly into the net. So I think that those things had a big bearing in the game. But also a big bearing was that we were a point up and Robbie Flynn, who had scored a magnificent point prior to the opportunity, he had a great chance to put us two points up. 
that was a big miss, I thought, in my opinion. And also, Dallas Fitzgibbon raced through, and Shane Kingston had peeled off looking for the offload. Possibly should have got, I think, a goal at that stage would have been the kick to ignite Cork to get into the finishing drive. I thought we, we, those, those two things, the point and the goal chance, and then obviously Tipperary's goal from Jake Morris. But like the question, like, and, and like any, any good forward, and if you're coaching young fellas, follow the ball in, follow the ball in, and that break came from in fairness to Connors, got it in the ruck and offloaded it. And he was brilliant, gone. brilliant out of Connors, like what oh, the, the ab- pick up ab- absolutely. And, the, and the vision. But like, yeah. look, look at all the runs that you'll make in a match and you'll never get a ball at the end of it. So you have to keep going and keep going and keep going and an opportunity will appear. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And in fairness to Jake Manus, finish it. Finish it fantastic. Yeah, he's good. Like, I mean, I know he hit the post famously against Clare. How, how lucky for Clare down the other end in 2018 and got a goal. But um, was there an element of fatigue, Ken, do you think, like at that stage? Tim O'Mahony got sucked into Willie as well. And left Jack Morris. Maybe I watched it a couple of times now since. And like he not he should have just stayed with these men. Like, but I suppose every defender is trying to do the right thing, surround the man with the ball. But like the yeah. freshness of Connors on a, on a, on a day like that, and he after getting a couple of a, a one great point anyway off his left to to notice the runner and three and another a fourth Cockman in Tim O'Mahony approaching him to pick out, and then the, it was like the part in the dead sea then like. Yeah, like I'm watching, I'm watching Willie Connor since he's 10 years of age. He's the very same age as Brian. And he's doing those flicks. You know, we talk about, you know, DJ at a Dennis Burkamp Larry later. But um, uh, that flick was outrageous from Willie Connors, you know, and a beautiful offload. Um, the Kildangan boys, you know, they're on a high. If you win your first county final and you're playing at the top level, you know, yeah, the world is your oyster. And, you know, Alan Flynn and his twin brother, Paul. Paul was introduced, you know, he didn't get in against Cork, or sorry, in Cork against Limerick, but um, he made it pay. You know, Paul wouldn't be seen as a great, Alan's a real, real workhorse. Paul wouldn't be seen as a great workhorse, but a savage opportunity, six points in the county final, a man of the match performance, as well as being captain, by the way. So um, his year is, is, is good. And he's, he's two scores, particularly the, the first one, which he engineered for himself, was a fantastic score. Now, when you when you when you need go go to players, you know, you still have to rely on your launching pad. And our launching pad with Paddy, uh, particularly Brendan in the second half at centre back. But I suppose Bill O'Mara going back at half back, you know, he had his problems, Mark, with 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 Carnady at times. But yeah, he was so sure back there. Niall, you know, people were asking me before the match, geez, Niall O'Mara on the backs, you know, what's the story there? Sure, Niall plays in the backs all the time. He's played all his life in the backs. An outstanding backman, and it's, and it's even better he'll get on the back line after setting in there. So that was that was a seamless transition, but it was a very brave call because we needed to shore up our back line. You know, Limerick exposes the Groad Hegarty's Tom Morris is exposes exposes big time in Cork. We needed to shore up at the back. I think we did that. Now there's a bigger test ahead, of course. But I just felt that Cork uh, felt maybe going in at half time, the hard work is done. But I, I agree with you, Dalo. Playing against the wind is not simple. Um, oh. You're out of gas. You're out of gas. That 35, 38 minutes you put in, you're out of gas. It takes a good while, you know, to, to get back, get the, get, get the, the lungs going again. And I felt hip finish very strong. You know, the substitutes were introduced, but also when you get key goals, as Mark mentioned, it gives a huge lift to the team. And, you know, people will say, Jake Morris, take your pine, Jake, tap it over the bar, two pints up, you know. 
Um, but there's no way Jake takes that, those situations. He has the pace, but he also he can finish. You know, and but, it's a big... and and um, and I suppose you'd have to go back a couple of years ago to the number twenty-one monster final when we were three pints up and time was up. And who was the man that popped up and picked the ball up? Jake Morris again and lashed it under under um, Young Collins's legs. But you know, I, I suppose from an overall cock perspective. What was missing against Waterford in the first round, we got it against Dublin and we got it again on on, um, on Saturday night. But just disappointed in the overall context that we've been in this winning position on a good number of occasions with this particular panel of players and we haven't been able to get over the line. And I suppose go back to the All-Ireland semi-final in 2018, six points up with eight minutes ago, winning position. We were definitely in a winning position, but you, you, know, you have to eke out those victories. And... I suppose you look at Kilkenny, they were totally out of the game at heart on Saturday night, eked it out. And like Tip yesterday, they on Saturday, they eked it out the same as they did against uh, Wetswood last year in the All-Ireland semi-final. So that comes down to the quality of players that you have as well and lads making the right decisions at the right times and just being good hurlers. And you mentioned Paul Conlon, the fact that he engineered a point for himself. That was reflected on the other side with Conor Lehane. On his first ball that he came out, he shot on the back foot going away from the goals into Brian. Into like he should have took on the ball and secured himself and secured his footing because the hardest thing on Saturday night was actually winning the ball in those conditions, but not throw a ball over the shoulder on a Hail Mary opportunity. And I thought that Paul Kern, uh, Paul Flynn, sorry, made a magnificent okay. that 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 point was made. It, it just showed the contrast of the, the way that different players approached the different types of balls. Yeah, it's it, it was a very enjoyable game under there. Like we know what we're getting with this All Ireland lads, conditions wise, and you know, especially when you go out to the Gaelic grounds. And 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 in fairness, myself and Jackie had a quick walk out in the pitch before the game yesterday. These tourists was in great condition. Like I have to say, I suppose there has been a groundkeeper's dream year in some ways in the in the middle of the high growth uh, part of the year. We we got magnificent sure. If you played a game of golf, you thought you were in Augusta, even if you were behind in Kilrush. You know, like it's just incredible stuff. Like, but uh, look, sure, that's the end of the cock talking uh, for the year, and there'll be a lot of listeners happy enough with that. <laughs> you know, you know um, just on the tip of cock thing, right? I thought third quarter was significant. Like, Cork went in 1 4 to break, they scored seven points in that opening quarter, but tip held that two point lead. That Jason Ford goal was huge for them there. The two questions I'd have for the two lads, right, would be um, like leaving tip in this championship is going to be dangerous for teams. I can see that and they could improve. I was going to ask Ken, I wonder, is there a little bit of a county final hangover from, for the McGraths? Is, is it just hanging in there? And we'll, like, it's dangerous to leave these boys in the championship because I know they will come good. I'm just wondering, is it because of the two county finals and that toll that September maybe took out of them that we're not seeing the best of them this month? Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, Obviously, John John has had dips in form before. John is one of those uh, players, you know, he he works off scraps. He's a brilliant worker. He's hooked last year in the All-Ireland final, saved us from a goal, a certain goal after after probably 90 seconds. Um, he had got the second yellow against Wexford, was broken-hearted, you know, going off the pitch. Um, Noel, you know, put in that supreme effort in for him in, in the second half. But she had, the McGraths, you know, the kick football uh, every uh, second week in Tipperary as well. They played it in the county final. I don't think it's a hangover, TJ, to be honest about it, because John has gone through those phases before. Um, 
Noel, Noel still contributed an awful lot in the game. A couple of balls went astray. He was actually in a position to score a point and it went behind him. Um, I think the, there's nothing like, as you well know yourselves, well, I experienced it anyway, whatever you're actually sitting on your arse watching it for 20 minutes, you know, with, with time, you know, and you're saying, are, are we going to survive? Are we going to survive? I think for any player, when they get the second chance, when they get the opportunity, it's a different situation today mulling over, like Mark mentioned there, the Cork lads are mulling over, what could have been? Now, Tip, have that opportunity. The, the McGraths have savage character. They're brilliant hurlers. And I think to get that second chance, TJ, to be to play in an all quarter quarterfinal next weekend, sure, what um, what's the more greater courage could you have? Yeah, no, and I'd be fearful of it because it's just class horrors and the longer you leave those class players in it, the more dangerous they become. And the other question, Mark, for you is, Dale touched it on the paper this morning, right? Is this Cork team fit enough to last 75, 76 minutes against the top teams to be able to take them out? Maybe it could be a mental fitness or an actual physical fitness. Are they able to stay the course right now to go 75, to go toe-to-toe with the big teams? Yeah, it's something that Kieran Kingston has mentioned an awful lot um, since the club championship finished, that they had very little time in terms of preparation um, and that they, he felt that they were improving as the games were going on and it was matches that they actually wanted. Um, I, I suppose, TJ, you know, you, I suppose the answer's in the question, really. I mean, they haven't finished out a tough championship match, you know, or won a game against the head, really, in the last number of years. And that's the... That's the big thing, really. Um, I suppose one of the, the disappointing things for me is that, like, uh, Dara Connery and Sean O'Leary Hayes were good enough to start in the first round. They weren't introduced at any stage since. Um, Declan Dalton didn't start in the first round three weeks ago, and then he was seen as a massive loss when he went off injured 20 minutes ago. So I'm just wondering, you know, are we getting the best players on the field all the time? And, you know, I've alluded to this for a good while now that, Cock needs to change their attitude in terms of the players that they're picking in terms of physicality because I believe that, you know, the game has physically moved on to another level and Cock haven't moved on uh, in, their, in their selection committee as far as I'm concerned. <clears throat> uh, they're going to pick a lighter player all of the time for the top of the ground and that comes from the tradition that we have down through the years. Um, to me, I would be going out looking for bigger guys and I've mentioned the Niall Cashman's and I've mentioned the James O'Flynn's um, previously on this podcast that I can't understand how those two lads haven't been given an opportunity. If they're not the best 26 hurlers in Cork, I, I don't know what to say because James O'Flynn, as we've seen with Robbie, he has that you know that bust of pace and size and physique and is a good hurler. He's definitely one player I will be bringing straight into the panel immediately. And you know the championship is, is only around the corner maybe for next year, but there's a physicality required to play it into county level. And I think we need to start moving towards that sooner rather than later. Have you any, have you any hills down there, Matt? We've plenty of them, but maybe <laughs> they might run them up, run up the daylight, you know. Hey, <laughs> like, look, Anthony, to win anything, as you know yourself, it takes a lot of hard work and there's yeah. hard graft. And I'm not saying they won't do it, but they have to do it, does it? You know, I just, like, I'm just wondering in, in time, would we, like, the bounce factor that Liam Cahill has got in Waterford, the likes of the Davy Fitz is going to Wexford initially, like an outside manager. It was muted, certainly an outside manager in Cork. I know certainly internally this year. But the one for I think that's waiting in the wings 
and it's a pity that the minor championship is stalled at this moment in time. But I think the likes of Dunlaw Cusick at the moment uh, could bring an edge to Cork, whether it's sooner rather than later, I don't know, because he only has a one-year term in minor, and I wouldn't like to see him last to any other county because I think he has an awful lot to offer, particularly for this panel of players and particularly to Cork. Yeah, I'd say that will happen and you know, it might be might be uh, 2021, but I'd say it's going to happen. Shortish uh, term anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Asher, look, you'd be back in that top six. I, I've no doubt, you know, you have tradition and, you know, I know you're celebrating, you were hoping for the double and stuff like that, but no, I've no doubt that, you know, the Rebels will will return again to Crow Park and things like that. And I look, hopefully the football goes well for you against Tip, but... <laughs> Tip for the double, Larry is texting me all morning, like you know. Yeah. So and they're going well, to green and white. You're going to green and white now, Larry, and everything, are you? Temporary colours. Oh, That's the Kenyans. Oh, I'm Ken. Yeah. <laughs> next, no, no, lads. Like next, next weekend there's only seven days away, and um, God went. It's only five this morning, kid. It's on Saturday. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, TJ, there was another old qualifier on there. Two of the weaker counties, Mark told us. The teams hadn't just the players and stuff like that, and and uh, uh, last week, but but Clare came through. I suppose we're all on about different quarters, TJ. But I suppose that second quarter from Clare was was just incredible. Really, scoring burst. I think it was eight points to zip, and I suppose that's what really got him over the line. Sherlock uh, Nan was predicting Joe McDonough for us soon, but we, we came out. We were in the old draw there this morning at half eight, anyway. So. <laughs> Yeah, Lachlan has a history of making some bananas comments every now and again. Um, I, th- I thought that it was a fantastic performance from Clare. Um, I, this was one I did see coming. I suppose I, I, I did think that Clare... You did. Fair play now. Fair play. I want to give it up to you there. Yeah. You, were, you, you stuck your neck out on last week, I, Thursday. I did. I tipped Shane Lowry as well for the Masters. I, I got him as far as 20, but we couldn't get him into the top 10. But he actually finished in minus five. It wasn't a bad performance. But great performance from Clare Dello. I'm sure that the county will be cocking the hoop this morning. I, I'm delighted for Lohan. Um, like he's been a fantastic servant to Clare down through the years. He's a, like they definitely played with a Lohan spirit and drive. I definitely saw that throughout the team. Like I'm sure we'll give five minutes to Tony Kelly in a minute. Like he's just a man at the absolute peak of his powers at the moment. But I thought Clare's set up their structure. They changed once or twice and went after Wexford. They got great scores. They're running uh, really, really good. Like 13-3 up at halftime. Put them in a good place. And I said then, in that opening quarter there in the second half, like on 15 minutes, they led 15-7. They kept that lead at eight points. We were kind of saying that if we keep that at seven, eight points, keep scoreboard taking over. That's exactly what they did. They put the pressure on Wexford. On the flip side of that is the performance of Wexford was horrid. Like I thought their structure, the way they went about it, their use of the ball, even their their drive to get at Clare in the second half, they never pushed up. The big players like Conor McDonald and stuff in Davis Square never used him. Like I did remark at one stage there, he got about seven or eight minutes to go. Wexford were 10 points down. They have a sharp puck out, and then there's three passes across the half back line, and you're 10 points down. To me, really, really poor performance. Davey's probably lucky with his history and he has been a fantastic manager. I can't take anything away from him. But if that was a local manager of Wexford, they'd be going bananas with that type of performance. Over two days in championship this year, really, really poor from Wexford. It, 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 isn't it hard to believe, Les, that, that they put two bad performances or poor performances together like for a team that were 
you know, that, that the Wexford County final was finished so early this year and they had, they were the one team that we probably said at the start, along maybe with Waterford, that would be hopping out of their skins. But it was unbelievable. And just, Dela, I suppose every hardware shop must have been empty with war paint that you had predicted. They get the war paint on and start looking in the mirror on, on, on Saturday before they went out to play. And they were obviously listening to you. But again, I would say to you, what I said was that... Um, you went, they needed to mark Tony Kelly. And when you end up with scoring 115 out of 121, you'll be wondering with Davey with all the tactics and knowing Tony Kelly so well, why had, hadn't he marshaled somebody to go toe-to-toe with Tony Kelly? But look, when you have a fella in that kind of form and the points that he scored and the angles that he scored him from, he's just an unbelievable talent. We're, we're so lucky to have somebody like talent, with that talent. The balance and the pace of the man and he's striking left and right is just incredible. But... And all, hats off, I got that one wrong. And I'm, I like, like TJ, I went to say Brian Lowen. Oh my God, he must have been walking on air on Saturday evening because with all that was written and uh, I suppose the history between the two managers and stuff like that. And from what I can gather, he hasn't had an easy time of it this year in Clare in terms of preparation. You hear everything, cock. <laughs> it, all depends, it all depends how good the information is. But to- he got his Kevin Keegan moment. Right? There, there, had, there had to be inside law last week. I would love it if we just beat him. I would love it. And he, and he got it. And in fairness, it's just fair play. Brilliant performance. Yeah. In, yeah. Fair, in fairness, like, look, the Clare County Board held interviews last November, I believe, with three people. You know, and uh, Brian got a call to say, sorry, we're recommending another person for the job. Were you mad at him, What? Were you mad at Reno? I wasn't, I wasn't teaching. No, okay, no, sorry, no, I wasn't right. involved at all. But uh, no, 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 no. But he, there was three people interviewed, so I understand that I go back and, I, and Brian got a call to say, we've interviewed the three people. I don't think he was even asked what his backroom team would be, but he said, there were, he was told anyway that uh, they were nominating another person. And I think, the clubs went into the meeting and for once in their lives, maybe or one, one of the times they stood up and said, look, hold on a minute, but is Brian Lowe on an interest here? And what's his backroom team and who's going to be involved? And, you know, funny enough, it turned around. And I think that's what made it extra sweet for Brian to get a victory against a big team. I don't, there's a lot written about the Davy Brian thing, you know, but that's, that's a disagreement between two lads. I think, I think for Clare, it was to get a victory over... A team that maybe could have won last year's All Ireland, like in a quarter like, final. Reigning rainy, Leinster champions, Anthony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt, like you know, that that's the huge moment. Look, he was having a great start to the year as well. So and COVID interrupted. Like, you know, they were top of their division in the league, and and so look, and the, the Limerick game was a downer, but look, Limerick obviously are done the same to tip, I suppose, and 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 they won again yesterday, the Munster champion. So, but Ken, from a Wexford point of view, like. Uh, the boys are on about a man marker and Tony Kelly, but I, th- I think in fairness to Davy, like he gave Matt O'Hanlon the job, and Matt O'Hanlon has done the job on Joe Kenny a good few times, but just Kelly at the moment is just irresistible. <laughs> I mean, Tony, Tony's different gravy, you know. You know, I obviously was under twenty one manager there when Tony was playing. Uh, he was only nineteen; he'd been a couple of years younger than the actually the twenty ones. And he was so hard to tie down. He's such a natural horror, uh, you know, and plays with, you know, a flamboyance and just off the cuff horror. To tie him down, you know, when you're in that type of form, it doesn't matter, you know, all the best players, you know, he's different gravy, all the best players, you know, the cream comes to the top. He's just in the form of his life. And I suppose the biggest thing is that that Lohan has given him that freedom to express himself and taking on that responsibility, you know, 
because if you spancel a player or tell a player, you know, you're going to be playing in the middle of the field or you're going to be in, uh, down the pack, he's given the responsibility. You take the freeze, you do what you like, you go where, where you want. But more importantly, the Shane O'Donnells and these guys, the brightest hurlers in the game, they're feeding off him. And yeah. maybe the strong personalities, you know, you know, John Conan obviously was a very strong personality there at full forward, had a couple of super years. But, you know, they had taken over the mantle of, you know, John had become an individual full forward. He was getting the ball and he was heading for the net, you know. So whereas Tony now can express himself. He's ripping through the defence. He knows the ball. The lads are popping the ball to him. They know you give the ball to your best player and, and he's just putting the scores over. But player overall, you know, that hardness is there. That steel is there. And people did get on, you know, it, it, it wasn't justified to stick to God after the leash game. Like they played for 45 yeah. minutes with 14 men. Now, usually when you win with 14 men, you get a bit of praise. And I think yeah. it was underestimating leash one and two under the conditions, I think it was a very good win for Clare. And Lohan alluded to that last night. He said, he said I felt we played well against Leash. We did fine. We scored 27 points. Obviously, uh, Leash hit him with a couple of sucker punches of goals. But I think the key thing here is the Wexford situation is, as Henry alluded to last night, you know, full of formations, full of game plans. But where's the substance coming from? And particularly the Connor McDonald, we were always looking forward to seeing this guy express himself on the pitch, no more than Tony Kelly uh, does, you know, or, or, or Pat Hoggy or these fellas. We haven't seen Conor McDonald. He's not getting his hands on the ball. The ball isn't coming up because Mark mentioned it's coming across the pitch. It's going back the pitch. And like Paddy Foley, Kevin Foley, you know, Sean Murphy all scored at the weekend. They scored more than the entire Wexford forward line together. So that sums up the whole situation in the modern day game. Wexford Mark, just ran out of ideas. And Mark, wasn't it amazing? Like there were Wexford eight, seven, eight points down and we were into the third minute of injury time. We're tapping over points like incredible. Is the whole thing that stage managed that fellas haven't got a, a bit of cop on to know that there's only a couple of minutes left and you're three scores or two scores down that you have to go for goals? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever, like you know. And but it was incredible to think that 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 TJ, you know, about the puck house that they wouldn't hit the ball down to the forward line with it going against. But the other thing, lads, that we didn't mention there is that Lee Chin didn't start the game. And he came on with 15 minutes to go. And he looked like a fella that was fully fit to me. Now, that was some boost for Clare if you're going out playing against Wexford and their best man is down and he's not going to be playing. That was a huge fill-up for them. But did it show a little bit of disrespect for Clare, Dale, in some respects that Wexford didn't start leeching? I think, I think, it, I think they were looking at the next day, Dale, for me. I, I don't know. It was a huge one for Davey, you know, like after coming off the Galway one, I'd say if Lee Chin was 100%. He, but he, but Dela, he, he, came, he came on. I know, him. but look, that was desperation stakes, though. You know, I, 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 like, you saw even Robbie O'Flynn, like, I know he came on, but like, he didn't look sharp. I know Lee Chin caught a ball. No, it was cleared eventually, but I, I, I couldn't see that being the case. I, I just, mm. I don't know. It's just, it's just unbelievable to see, like, well, I, I can kind of relate it, and I said that as well today with the Dubs in 14, you know, after coming so close in 13. So didn't we beat Wexford? Okay, at least we had a big win, I suppose, in 14. We beat Wexford down in Wexford Park, but, you know, just so flat in against Kilkenny and Tip. I don't know, it's maybe there's a seesaw effect if you're trying to get... I, I don't know, it's hard to... I'm yeah. not 
blaming anyone or whatever. But the one thing I will say, TJ, is and you'd have a fair handle on it, I suppose, with challenge matches and with Thomas's order. Like this, like people in general know that all of us here, I suppose, have a fair handle on what goes on in the club scene. People in general, like the ordinary fellow out there who might follow the club scene, would say, Where was Tony Kelly maybe since 13? Okay, brilliant league in 16, league final outstanding. But for Bellier, TJ, he de- this is has been a consistent for Bellier, like. He has kept them at the very top of Clare Hurland, winning a Munster club, nearly winning another one. And uh, unlucky this year in Clare, I suppose, scuppered a couple of bets for us. <laughs> we would have all liked to see him taking on the bridge in the final with Davy and, and probably Shane Amori marking him, which would have been intriguing. But um, no, like that, Kelly in an attack, like what I'm delighted with is we're not seeing Kelly taking puck outs on his own 21. He has that freedom, as Ken alluded to. But it's all an attacking freedom. No, we didn't see Kelly anywhere back behind his own 65 in any of Clare's three games nearly so far. He's up yeah. there where he's a threat. And that's the way with Bellier as well. Like. I'm just wondering, is what Ken alluded to there, is like I said, they're missing Peter Duggan and they're missing John Conlon. Was that nearly a forced decision to say, Tony, you have to play up there at all times? And... Like aside from maybe against the breeze for a couple of moments there against Wexford, he was in attacking the whole time. And it is great to see him. He's definitely a forward. He's a scoring forward and scoring forwards are hard to find. His point into the breeze in the second half was as good as like the ones even from the corner flags because he carried the ball 50, 60 yards into the breeze and they were just nails in the Wexford coffin every single time. But uh, as regards man-marking someone like Tony Kelly, if you were sitting down today in a club scene or, or a county scene, like... If you have a back detailed to Mark Tony Kelly, you're probably saying to him, maybe go as far as a 65 or midfield, stay with him, and then let him off if he goes back into his own back lane. Like, there's very little any defender can do with some of the scores Tony got over the shoulder. There he's trademark now off his left, and even the one in the corner flag. But there was one or two in the second half, one outside in front of Davey, actually, where a ball was passed out to Tony Kelly. He's in 30 yards of space in his own, and you're kind of saying, Jeez, how can you leave someone like that? So, I mean, he's one fella, like, for clear who's going to score. The goal in fairness to him, it was a brilliant run. That's that third run, basically. When he sees that ball dropping, he sees Shannon Donald getting it, he's on it and he's gone. That's just a moment of brilliance. But I suppose defensively, Wexford, like, for that goal and for the point he scored there that he brought from the back line, geez, their backs opened very, very easy, Wexford, didn't they? So, to me... With a sweeper, like... Yeah. With a sweeper. They, they, they lacked energy... They lacked, like even the start of the second half, you would have thought from Davies fighting rally and call last week, whatever, say they were poor. And Davies came out after the game and said that they were much better and attacked. I thought some other tackling was branded. I didn't see an improvement. I didn't think they were any better against Clare than they were the first day against Galway. I didn't yeah. see it at all. Wexford just desperate flat for some reason. We, yeah, we and, can't and put our finger on it. Yeah, yeah, and, and Dale, for me, for me, Dale, I, I think Metro Henlon, yeah, it might be marking Joe, but different size and different stature altogether. To me, Sean Murphy would have been the ideal Sean man Murphy. To, to mark I Tony Kelly. And, and like, if you're playing with seven defenders, and, and look, and, and it's no disrespect, and I meant, m- mentioned about the fact that I didn't think he might have enough players to get over the line. Tony Kelly is the key man. And if you could limit Tony Kelly's um, contribution to any game, you're halfway there to winning, in my opinion. I'll be really interested what Liam Cahill will be doing next weekend, Dela. I don't see uh, Tony Kelly getting the freedom of the park, in my view. I think Liam Cahill would be very, very astute and be up for this now, and he will have someone to dog Tony Kelly, as far as I'm concerned. If I would be in his camp on that one now. So, so you're a man in your, in your head, TJ? 
Um, for, for, from Waterford's point of view, you probably would. Yeah. But Joey, I will say it's Tony Kelly to be fair, right? Without, without naming a man, but the runs he's making and his fitness, he seems to be at the peak of his powers. Um, he's just covering an awful lot of ground very quick. He sees the move that little bit quicker. So it might just be to kind of keep that ball away and not give the guys the opportunity to be playing nice ball into him more so than actually detailing a man on him. Yeah, that's, that is true. And, you know, I would, you know, you have to talk about Tony, you know, I just thought other lads, Cahill Malone again has been so consistent three games. Rory Hayes, cornerback, she's quite a season after being thrown in as a, as a, an in, uh, during the warm up, he was thrown in against Limerick. What a season he's having a cornerback. Shane O'Donnell in the second half into the wind, lads. I know some of you have him in your fantasy teams. Sorry, Larry. <laughs> but like, lads, what a role he is playing. Outside it's at, at 11, like laying on the goal, the work rate. He's not inside doing what you put him into the team for doing, I know. But he, oh God, what a, what a work horse. Yeah, there was actually a clip there the other right near the end of the game, right? Where I think Wexford had a ball inside in the small square, eventually cleared out the side, right? And Shane O'Donnell is actually inside in the small square and his own defence. Like, so, yeah, cr- incredible work. The three goals are coming, Shane. I know it. I can feel it. Well, you did, you, did, you did you did mention in the pod last week that he was playing in goals. Right. <laughs> so, he was honouring your. He was. Your yeah. But I think. Didn't, didn't I think. Quilligan goals play well for Claire as well, Dale. Ah, uh, very good. Delighted for him as well because Double there was a few save. saying, you know, was it? There was a few saying, was it rash? Dropping Donald too, he can, you know, keepers. I was delighted for ever, like the game he played. He, he was very calm. Do you remember the ball he just let, left in front of him? Because the Wexford lads weren't pushed up. It was amazing. We didn't think yeah. we'd see it in a hurling game ever, did we? He just yeah. said, All right, lads, unless one E come in looking for it, I'm not going <laughs> I'm not going out. <laughs> and like, even his distance into the wind with the puck outs was, was a huge relieving factor, I, t- I thought, for, for Claire. And so I, I, I give a bit of credit as well. You have, with the Claire set up there at the moment, you have um, Brian Lohan and, and uh, Sean Tracy, two uh, kind of. Number threes, let's say. <laughs> there wouldn't have been. I have to give a bit of to the two, the other two outside lads that we have, and one of them is not really outside because he hurled with me for nearly ten years, Ken Ralph. But he he came from my Karki Boris, Ken, and a great forward, and and uh, I think himself and James Morn, a hand fame teachers, you know, and what a, what a legacy the Morns as well have, and, and, and you know, they'd be. I think they have a fair say, and Tony being up front. You know, and the, the forwards thinking can on that. You can't buy it either, can you? Yeah, you can't buy it. And and Claire, you see, you need a cause, lads. You need it. when it comes to championship knockout hurling, you need a cause, you know. And you know, every player, you know, has to give themselves goals to reach. And Tony Kelly is reaching the goals now at this day. And I agree with this man marking system. I don't know. If you go at that with Tony, you're going to, I think, uh <laughs> get your heels burnt because uh, it's to keep the ball to be uh, be strategic in the way you keep the ball away from him but he's in the form of his life and he's not going to be stopped he's going to contribute big time again next weekend in my opinion uh, because that's uh, that's how highly I rate him uh, he wasn't hurt a year for nothing as before and he's on well on the way to doing that now but I think for Brian to keep a lid on it he'll be keeping it down he'll be keeping him strong I think it's going to be an intriguing battle clear in Watford because uh, both of them have, have huge pride. Both of them would have settled for this now, you know, playing each yeah. other. What is it? This is some chance to get to an All Ireland semi final. And I think yeah. it's, going to, it's going to pan out, you know, in, in Torres. It's going to be a real tactical battle. Um, 
And Watford, you know, with Mikey Beavins at the helm as well, very smart guy, very astute. I think they'll sit up and I don't think they'll be in a situation where they'll go man to man on uh, on 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 Tony, but they will be very smart in the way they try and isolate him away from maybe the, the play if they can at all. Yeah. You know, I just yeah, saw fair, a, fair, a fair tip influence with Ralph uh, Cahill and Beavens and Tipperary playing themselves next Saturday. So, fair tip influence. Did I just saw there um, Tony Kelly a clip on, on, on the Diego of himself and Lohan there just before half time, right? And to me, there seems to be a really good connect and a really good relationship between, yeah. the, between the two of them. And you know, they say like average players want to be left alone. Good players want to be coached, right? And great players want to be told the truth. And whatever Lohan is doing here, he's getting an absolute maximum out of Tony Kelly. Well, you you know what I mean? Like you you don't Lohan is Lohan. Like you know you don't you know you you won't get lies off Brian Lohan. Like you know, you're going yeah. to get it straight. And that's I like one of the beautiful clip last night lads, of Henry showing him with the, yeah. the wheelie bin challenge. For kids out there and that, you know, to see the way he's hurling and to see what he was at during the lockdown. Don't forget yeah. the other side. Yeah. You know, and he yeah. pops it into the bin as well. This is a lovely thing, like, you know. But the other, the other thing, Dale, that um, the interview after the leash game with Brian, uh, Brian Lowen, the, the one thing he said like, is that we copped up three goals today against Leash, like, and that's something that we've got to work on now for the week. Coughed up no goal against Wexford. Hats off to the, the keeper and the defenders yesterday because I saw that was a massive, massive plus. For, for Claire and yeah. uh, you know it'll be the same now again next Sunday as well like you know yeah and he brought back in he brought in, back, back, back in David Fitzgerald and, and Patrick O'Connor and top one of them really contributed and Jack Brown wasn't fit to start I believe and a lot of people in Clare were speculating would he come in so he might be an option again for well, look, I don't know see it's so unusual like we were getting ready to go live on air yesterday and Joanne said did you hear anything about Gerard Hegarty he was in a boot all week seemingly and he didn't look maybe as mobile as, as the other game. So, but you just don't know with this week to week. Until we really see teams lining, lining up, we don't know. Let's, great Leinster final. Really enjoyed it, TJ. Um, funny one, though. I couldn't see Galway losing half as to the second half. And, and, and the Cats did, did the Cats again, did they? Like, yeah, I think I think if we were to pick a moment in the game, 49 minutes, the, the Jason Flynn goal chance, you kind of felt at that stage that you got a goal that Kilkenny were kind of hanging in there, hanging in there, Galway can kick in the four or five points clear. But yeah, this Kilkenny are still the bar. Anytime you can just get ahead of them at all or just beat them like you know you're 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 in the hunting. Like they had done so well for so long in the game, they had managed every part of the game right, like Colin Finley taking off, Walter Walsh taking off, TJ. Conor Fogarty as well. Conor Fogarty, by TJ's own standards, like, he ended up probably winning the game with his goal in the point and his couple of flicks for, for Richie Hogan. But relatively well handled and just still didn't win the game. You'd definitely be scratching your head to follow Martin if you were in the Galway management team there kind of saying, what do we have to do here? Like, And I don't know, it's like just unbelievable from Kenny again. Unbelievable from Cody. Yeah, Ken, like, how good was Dahi Bork? We were saying he was back in and then... Then the rabbit is pulled out of the hat and I was in Crow Park, you know, against the Dublin game and he came on and had a couple of wides, Richie Hogan and, you know, sent off, I suppose, in the All-Ireland last year, controversially in some people's mind and, you know, um, lads in the press box sent to me, Richie's probably finished. Like, <laughs> he's finished. <laughs> we, we fairly, anyone that said it fairly got the answer, didn't they? Yeah, I, it brings me back to my time when I was playing. I remember we had a full back I won't name him. He was coming onto the team and he was highly rated after playing minor in 21. 
and we played in Dixborough in a tournament game. And tournament games, they were serious enough, as you well know. And he was on Mark and Christy Heffernan, this guy. And this ball flew in and Christy went up and he was hurling great And Christy. Ball flew up and Christy went again. And he hit the ball and he hit Christy's hand. And Christy obviously fractured a finger or something. And he had to obviously be replaced. And the full back obviously was on a high at this stage. He was flying it. And the next thing, this small fella came in full forward. Well, holy God. Uh, you could guess who it is. He gave him a clean pair of heels. He went one way. Dennis Joseph. Over Dennis the Joseph over the was <laughs> didn't put one in by yeah. Didn't put one in by my ear. So the great DJ had arrived in the scene, and it was something that came to that weekend. You know, her Dahi was dominating in the air. He was very strong, and then the whole thing changed. Now, Kilkenny are after giving us all the fright, lads. You know, because um, they're yeah. capable of doing that against any team, as you well know. And again, as Parik. Parik Walsh mentioned, you play hurling. We just play hurling. That's all we do. We go to the ball. But uh, when Richie came in, Richie's a man with a cause this year, remember, as well. Uh, he wants to prove something. He didn't want to go on, obviously, the note he went out last year. And that's due credit to him. But I thought the way Kilkenny set up, the way they went at it, and remember the goal that TJ got as well. That ball flew in between um, Richie and Dahi Burke. And in actual fact, Dahi Burke was raging because he should have intercepted it. But again, uh, Richie went to flick the ball and Dahi was put off. And the next thing, it flew into TJ's hand. And in fairness to Joe Cooney, when TJ gets the ball there, like, where are you? You know what I mean? Yeah. He's either going to go left or right. And then he goes to throw it up and he buried the goal. But Kilkenny have frightened the life out of us all, lads, because we know we highly rate him. We know they're, they're really durable. But last weekend, they served the notice that as well as going to the ball, that they are absolutely lethal. If they get opportunities, they can put you away in as they did in 59 <clears throat> seconds, you know? Mark, there was horrendous comparisons Richie Hogan's goal to a, a fella that just wear a red and white jersey in North London. And Bert Kemper, one of the, the fellas used to even like flying anyway. <laughs> I just got disgusted with the boys last night. Bernie Cummins and Henry Sheffield, like two of the greats comparing it to a soccer player. Like, what a goal, Matt. The awareness, the touches. Just. It, was, it was worth all the matches. Like, we got TK, we can rave about everything that happened. I suppose some of the Keane Lynch stuff as well. We'll get on to. No, there was there was bits in every game, but like ah, oh, that goal just was incredible. It's unbelievable. Like he, there, there was three or four flicks involved in it. I mean, by the time he gets the ball struck into the net, he's out of flicking it past the keepers, out of flicking it up, he's out of turning around, and he's out of scooping it into the net. Like, I mean, it's just unbelievable stuff what he what he did. I've I've never seen anything like that in my life before, and to have that in your repertoire when the base of five points down and you're coming on as a sub to try and dig your team out of a out of a big hole and for long stage yeah, you're nearly you're nearly saying thanks Brian are you like Cody's <laughs> calling you like at that stage oh thanks yeah. Brian yeah I oh, will yeah, yeah 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 exactly you know so late in the game like and, and oh yeah you're gonna call me on now and I'm gonna dig you out of it is it but no Jeez. in fairness was was magnificent stuff but in fairness to Cody you know I, I think there's great credit due to Brian Cody and his management selection of what they did again over the weekend but for me, the big surprise was when I saw the team being named, I looked at the half-forward line of Martin Keown, uh, John Donnelly and Walter Welch, and I didn't see TJ centre-forward. I said to myself, what's up here? And then to pick TJ in one corner, Colin in the other corner, and name Owen Cody full forward. I said, what is going on here? And that's actually more or less how they lined out, because TJ played in the full forward line for most of the game. And 
I felt during the Cody, course of the Cody game, was the best of the three of them for most of the game. Like. Absolutely. But, but you see, I think Colin Finley was a little bit out of his thing because he loves being in around the edge of the square. I don't care to be running too far. 25 metres about, is about my, my, my distance. Like. And I, fe- I felt that TJ, for the last decade, has been out in the half forward line. He knows the runs. He knows the pace he needs to go. And it had the high buck physically dominated him for a long part of the game. And the goal he got was off of Joseph Cooney. So, you know... I, I don't know whether the, when, when Richie Hogan came on, did the high buck go on to, um, to Richie Hogan and say, look, you know, Joe Cooney, you pick up TJ. But that, the fact that the two fellas were inside of the point of contact put a small bit of pressure on Galway in terms of who was going to pick up who. But I just, like Kilkenny haven't gone away and, and Ken mentioned about causes and stuff like that earlier on. I feel Kilkenny, and I picked him on my team to win the All-Ireland at the start of the year, lads. I think they are still angry and aggravated over the All-Ireland final last year and Richie Hogan sending off and they hurled Tip off the field in the first 20 minutes of that game. Now, I still think Tip was starting to take over the game, but we'll never really know what the outcome of that match was, was going to be because it was 15 and 14 afterwards. But I think Kilkenny have a cause this year. And just to, to mention, Conor Brown, I thought, in the middle of the field was outstanding all through the game on Sunday. On Sunday. Yeah, and they were without, obviously... Your predictions have come true in Munster and Leinster. No, your bottom of the fantasy table there as well. We'll remind you that as well. No, why you didn't put a few of them lads in that you knew all about it. But anyway, would like TJ, Deborah Down, Paddy Deegan, and Billy Ryan as well, you know, uh, injury. And I think Paddy might have been a close contact or something and he had just had to step aside. Um, so, but for Galway, they're still, they looked very good, TJ, for a long time. And like, I, I don't know about the leaving off with Jason Flynn and, and Aidan Hart in particular. Like Hart is a very steady defender for me, very clever in the big games, and maybe that that hurt him a little bit overall. Now look, can't allow for what Hogan did when he came in. I suppose it's incredible stuff. But Galway, like I think the draw this morning, I I know like I suppose Galway were maybe the team to have eyed in some ways. But look, it's turned up now the two teams that have given us some of the most brilliant games in the last seven, eight years in Tip and Galway. Um, but like, Galway still have a huge say. Like, haven't they? Yeah, I, I, have. I, I thought this was a super game of Ireland to watch. Uh, the matchups. Well, it's really good, yeah. Really good. What Ken touched on there a while ago about man-marking. And that's, like, if you have Dahi Brook, Mark and TJ Reid, next thing he's at 13, he's at 12, he's at 11. And that's where you find yourselves because these good forwards already keep jumping positions. The couple of things I was trying to work out from much television, like Galway, they weren't in sweeper mode, right? But they definitely had Podrick Mannion in a very much holding midfield role. And I think that probably led to TJ being inside because they didn't want him in that area there where Galway seemed to have an extra player the whole time. That was kind of my thinking of reading the scenario. But what I will say is I did think that Kilkenny's use of the ball and their change of using the ball through the lines did seem to be significant. They used the ball really, really well for a lot of it. Every single time they were heads up. I'm not sure if that's DJ's influence on Cody or if anybody can actually influence Cody. But to me, it was impressive. They used the ball really well. And like the game seems to be going away from them. But the goal that I would say that Richie scored, for me, was probably one of the best goals I've ever seen. Just a little bit of instinct, right? And the other thing I was going to say about not just this particular game, but over the weekend, is the standard of free taking now, right, and the standard of striking at an all-time high? It is. Yeah. It is. You, you, like you don't expect you don't expect players to miss the freeze now. Um, TJ, um, Patrick Horgan, Jason Ford. I suppose Dale. Stephen Bennett. 
Yeah, un unbelievable. Like, you know, you just don't expect yeah. him to miss freeze anymore. But you're right. You're like right. Michael Dignan, even in the core commentary, just before halftime, Stephen went back to his own 65 to hit one. Okay, they had the slight wind that was in Torless. And he said, Yeah, that's that's a that's a one that got away. Like, and I'm I I kind of kicked Jackie. Uh, he's in the middle of box of sweets at this stage and all like, but I just kick him and I said, Jesus, like, is the world gone mad? Like, he's 0 65. And you know, one time would you be even going for those ones you'd normally be saying, like, but Anthony, the conditions over the weekend. I mean, the wind and the rain was phenomenal. And you mentioned Augusta earlier on. Like, these have only one stick. The, guy, the guys in the golf have got 14 clubs in the bag to be able to hit the ball. Like, and they have complete silence when they're hitting the ball. Whereas your fellas roaring and screeching when they're taking freezing GA. And with the wind howling, I thought the, the skill level of these players is magnificent. Plus, the fact there's a couple of million dollars at the end of the day is a big help as well. Yeah, you could you could add um, the line ball taken as well, Dello, as in terms of going for scores, Joe oh, scores, scores but the, George, the one, Joseph Cooney, Joe Cooney, oh, oh, just, just oh, oh, out of this world, isn't it? At full oh, stretch, oh god! And they hit the post twice, by the way, lads. They hit the post twice. The post twice. twice. Yeah, yeah. Now sometimes, I, sometimes uh, a ball coming back off a post mm -hmm. could end up in the corner forwards' paw, and it's in the back of the net. They'd hit the post. Uh, the thing about the game afterwards, as you could see, was God, we seem shell shocked. You know, the fact that, oh my God, this is after happening. And I mean, it's just a human factor. Uh, Kilkenny yeah. just finished that a bit stronger. Um, they got the goals when it counted. But you could see that Galway felt they had done enough to win the match. But, you know, in championship hurling, uh, with the, the way the games go, with the forward formations, but particularly, as you mentioned, the forward movement, anything can happen in a game. The old story still uh, stays, you know, the, the, the backman has to win every ball. <laughs> the, the forward, the corner forward, can, and TJ, you played in both positions. The corner forward can afford to miss one, but if he hits the, like Sean O'Leary, I remember him, if he hits the net, he's the hero. And, and uh, from, that pers from that perspective, I think uh, uh, Kilkenny are just so clinical in goals. Now, Kilkenny are smelling blood, lads. They're in an All-Ireland semi-final. They'll be hoping to get the rub of the green with a draw for the semi-final. They're in Crow Park. It's their home. You know, Tipperary haven't seen Crow Park yet. Clare haven't seen Crow Park. Waterford, Limerick haven't seen Crow Park yet. Kilkenny are well accustomed to playing in there, particularly in the conditions at the moment. You know, dressing rooms, no crowd. It must be eerie up there as well. But from that perspective, I think uh, next weekend, you know, it's two huge knockout games, but there's huge incentives at the end of the day for the teams that can come out on top. I tell you, Ken, as well, when he was in the forwards, he was a fair rat. TJ Ryan as well. Like he, 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 I knew he was going to go back to the backs at some stage because he was too much of a rat to be a forward. Like, you know, just lettering you off the ball and constantly barking and biting and <gasps> desperate. Yeah, no, you most, say at all? Any, any, any good hurler can hurl anywhere at this stage. You see Keane Lynch <laughs> backs up forwards, they can, they can hurl anywhere. It just leads me to a story before, but Donnie was getting down in years playing for guys playing. And, uh, Here we he, go. There was, pe there was people saying, right, that, that he shouldn't be playing anymore. But uh, there was one particular game, and it was a great game in the full forward line. He scored 2 4. So he was walking off the field, and he was there. Donnie Ryan, too old, too slow, 2 4. <laughs> <laughs> 
Here we go, lads. The Gary Spence. Oh, Spence today. <laughs> <laughs> too slow, too far. Going too slow, too far, right? Uh, <laughs> but, um, wait, Donny, wait. What I was going to say the working men of the family. The working, working men of the family, Donny. Yeah, yeah. De- Dennis Bearcamp wouldn't be able to do some of the stuff that the boys were doing, the way they were swinging balls and freeze and line balls. And as I said, even TJ Reid's goal, the way he fixed Joe Cooney and didn't. I mean, Fane does the strike and just finish it. it just complete composure. Unbelievable. Yeah. We're definitely living in an era where some of those players are playing at the real top of their game. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, yeah. And when you mentioned soccer players, and like that's TJ, like, he was out of the game. A bit like Gary Lineker, maybe, the great Tottenham striker, you know, just one chance. Oh my God. You know, so yeah, just wanted to get that in there don't, for Larry. Don't drag down, don't drag down the tone of the conversation or today. Ah, Lineker, Lineker Aldridge, those lads, Ian Rush, do you know what I mean? They were, they were the finishers, but uh, no, TJ, uh, look, I, I think that's is a, is a big factor. Galway shell shocked, as Kin says, Mark. No, hard one to take because you felt you dominated. Now, they had the extra day. Now, I know it was Saturday evening in Dublin, but. Like they could have been in the sea, we'll say at eleven o'clock yesterday morning in Salt Hill, recovering maybe into some hotel, major big room, and have a, a distance meeting, but just getting their heads straight away on next weekend. Where Waterford like are still waking up this morning, a lot of plaudits for the way they played, stuff like that is, is a bit of a help to Galway maybe the way things have uh, turned out. So it's Gal it's Galway and Tip isn't it the next round, yeah? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Like. To me, I, I suppose, Anthony, I, I think, look, Tip will be delighted to get over the, the match on Saturday night, right? But I think, I still think Tip have a couple of question marks to answer. Um, I think the two McGraths, they have to find their form. And whether they'll find that in a short period of time, that's questionable. Um, Paddy Mayer, even though he finished very well on Saturday night, and all I'm saying is that Seamus Hanley went out of the game I don't think Paddy May had a huge influence in the game on Saturday night. I, I think the biggest thing for me is how Shane O'Neill and his management team will pick Galway back up after the, the defeat. And like, you'd have to say, you, even though they were defeated, you'd have to be very positive and say, look, lads, when you look back at the stats, when you look back at the match, and all the players would probably look at the match and say to themselves, we were definitely the better team and did most of the hurling. And they had, they had 25% more shooting opportunities on the match on Saturday night. And just didn't come out on the right side of the result. Um, part of it will be where the match is going to be played. Are we assuming it's going to be Crow Park or is it going to be Turles? I don't think that that has been announced. There's a bit of a conundrum. Like I think is the Leinster football final as well Saturday evening and the Bloody Sunday commem- commemoration yeah. is in Croke or Larry. You might have an idea on that. Um, but maybe Turles... It's uh, definitely Saturday anyway, and they're on early, Larry. I think. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's Crow Park on Saturday anyway. I don't think it can be. Yeah. 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 So I, I mean, where, where the match is going to be played? Oh, maybe, maybe Park and Queen. did Brian tell you anything? <laughs> no, no, but but um, I just mentioned this morning that they're outside Crow Park one and two, that their likely venues is Clare and Waterford in Torres and and uh, Galway and Tip in Limerick. Oh. Okay, okay. Like, so, yeah. unlike the poor old Dublin hurlers in the quarterfinal, they don't, Galway won't go, have to go down to Turles and play a tip in Turles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anyway, I, don't, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, I would have thought, I would have thought Cork for the two matches would have been great. Like, in the, we know the surface really good, and Correct. the traveling thing now is not as you know, there's no cars in the road, and even Galway could go down the night before 
I don't know. Um, sure, look. A bit surprised at that, yeah. But I, I mean, in, in terms of, I, I think, look, Dale, there wasn't a whole pile in the difference in the times of the, the matches and stuff like that and, and the recovery. So I, I would be thinking that if Shane O'Neill picks up his team, you know, mm. and, 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 and says to them, look, lads, don't get downhearted. We played really, really well. And, and you've come up against one of the, you know, the force of nature and Kilkenny that you, you can never, and like, one comment I would make on Brian Cody, what he said before the game, he said the game is played over 70 minutes, is it? And he was making Seven. reference, you know, he'd make a reference to the, to the match previously against Dublin, like, you know, this is played over 70 yeah. minutes and you have to play for the 70 minutes to win. And I think that was a great, there was a great education and lesson in that for me on Saturday night. And it's probably 81 minutes the way we're seeing it going, like, it was, it was yeah. certainly 81 minutes in Port Leash, you know, it was eight minutes he played in the second half and yeah. he played three in the first half. So that'll tell you, like, that you have to keep going. Lads, Weirdest monster final I was ever at. I, I don't know if you were inside, Ken. You hardly were, I suppose, were you? No, no. No, I was like, just the monster final. I, I was first brought there, lads, as a small fella in 77 to see to see Clare and Cork and that great Cork trainer row team and that great Clare team as well. Ken, you'll remember them. You know, they won the two leagues and geez, they were my heroes like growing up and Johnny Cannon and Cole looking in, actually. And, but they came up against that great Cork team. But 77 was the first time I was brought and I could, I just, it was the most frightening an awesome thing I ever saw in the old Turles with the crowds, the crushes, and the brothers carrying me. Um, and the brother-in-law, Coleman, was with us as well. He drove, and the boys fairly milked him on the way home for stops as well, I remember. I never drank as much <laughs> coke and ate as many tears in my life. No wonder I'm the size I am. <laughs> um, but I didn't, yesterday, the Munster final, like, like... We didn't have the Mikey Pipers. We just had, you could hear everything Liam Cal was shouting in and Mikey Beavins because that's what the RTE platform was. Strange times, but it, you know, it was, it was, again, I thought if we had a crowd there yesterday with the ebbing and flowing of the game, you know, Limerick go ahead, Waterford drag it back. Limerick, ah, they're going ahead this time now, they're going three ahead. Waterford drag it back again. And only in the last quarter, Limerick put the stamp on. I thought there was a crowd there that had been up on their feet for most of the game. Yeah, very strange. And I see John Kiley made reference afterwards to um, not getting all his squad in. He was kind of not happy about it. I, th- I think they should be allowed in. I think there are certain things I said to you before in life that it would be easier to get forgiveness and permission. I think they need to be going to the matches. Just bring them on to the next day and just deal with whatever the consequences afterwards. But a strange month of final day, though, for sure. Um, like we, like Limerick were hot favourites. It was a great win. And as I said, we don't have uh, that many most titles and we haven't done back-to-back since 81. So brilliant win for Limerick. This team are kind of raising the bar all the time and great to put most titles back-to-back for, for these lads. In terms of the game, as I said at the start, it was intriguing to watch Waterboys set up very well. I mean, there are people who said Limerick might have been at the, maybe maybe the top of their game, but you have to credit Waterford for that. Waterford set up, Waterford's use of the ball, Huge amount of rucks in the game. Really, really kind of was a factor of the game. And there was like eight, ten bodies around it. So that kind of became a feature. And I suppose the other major feature in the first half was no score from play from that Limerick half-forward line. So obviously Waterford's homework really, really well done. They played it out in the half-forward line as well. It worked. And I know somebody made a comment about it. Is this the template in order to take on this Limerick team at their own game? But Waterford's fitness energy, drive, and skill. As I said, yeah, you, you, you spoke about Bennett and his freeze and they kept him in it. And Waterford had a really, really good goal chance on 68 at three down. And if that went in, like, uh, it was a bit of an inception from Sean Fenton to finish. So you were dealing enough with fine enough, enough margins on the day. 
Uh, Jesus, Sean Finn, like Desi Hutchinson, showed him the old Conor Ford one there early on. Uh, but uh, Sean Finn, after that, fairly showed who's the all-star Conor back here, didn't he? Like, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. But like, Mark, was it the perfect time for John Kiley maybe to get a kind of a bit of a skin? Now, they played their probably closest rivals in north of the border and south of the border to them in Clare and Tip. And, the, you know, the rivalry in the last 20 years mm-hmm. would be very intense with those two counties. And like Waterford... Are funny enough, they're probably Cork and Waterford is the real rivalry, maybe Cork, Waterford and Tip on the south border. Yeah. But for Limerick and Clare, yeah. Waterford wouldn't really be rivals. Do you know, I know they're in Munster and you meet no. them. And, no. Like, but did, did Kylie get the perfect little, I'd say, look at, he says all the right things in public. He's top class at that, to be fair. He, he's, he's as good as Cody at that crack. But um, I'd say there'd be a fair bit of straight talk in that Limerick squad as well this week that... Who do you think you are? You were caught last year. You were nearly caught on Sunday. Yeah, know? yeah. I, I'd say he's probably after getting the perfect scenario now just to say, look, the business end of the year is coming now, All-Ireland semi-final. Um, and they're going to more than likely probably get um, the winners of Tipper Galway. So that's going to be a very, very difficult assignment. Um I not necessarily not, Mark. No, depe- like depending on who wins, like yeah, yeah. yeah so Waterford be clear, like Waterford be clear, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's yeah, that's exactly. So there's a 50-50 chance, but you know, depending on what happens in the Waterford clear game. But look, I, I suppose in the overall concept, they, and I didn't think Limerick were going to be beaten at any stage during the game. I and I said last week I thought Waterford were going to bring an awful lot to it, and with the likes of Tabaka, Jamie Bound, and Aston Gleeson. Troubled, I thought he troubled um, Declan Hannon in the first half, but I think he drifted away. The Lesman made made a reference with the commentary coming back to strike line bonds in his own half back line. Like, I mean, what, what was that about? Like, I mean, he was needed up front because they needed scores to get over the line to win. But I, I think in the overall context, I thought Waterford would be really, really happy. They went toe to toe with Limerick for the best part of four fifths of the eighty percent of the time. Um, I thought Limerick's last quarter was very good. And Garrod Hagerty was a huge part of that. He came into the game significantly. And Shamie Flanagan off the line made a huge contribution as well. Um, I think Limerick's experience was a very, very big help to them coming down the stretch as well. They've been there. They've won their National League t- titles, Munster titles, All-Ireland. That's a, big, that's a big thing to have in the locker. And it's about knowing how to win. Tip showed it over the weekend. Kilkenny showed it over the weekend. I think Limerick also showed it over the weekend. That when the games got tight, you know, winners focus on winning. Winners focus on winning is, is the way I look at it. And I thought they were full value for the victory. But um, I think you're right. And so there's a message, a message to this panel of players that maybe yep. if you are taking on, a, you know, um, a Galway or a, or a Tipperary or a, or, or a Kilkenny in this situation, you probably got turned over. And there's no doubt like Waterford are up there and they're rightly favourites against Clare. I'm not, I'm not trying to... I think that's a toss-up match, maybe. But can we reference strongly uh, the, the, the tip bench and the contribution? But Jesus, like, has anyone the squad Limerick? Like, he didn't even bring on Pat Ryan yesterday. First time we saw Adrian Breen and in for one ball over the bar, like Jamie Flanagan again, scored a point after the water break, made the second point for Gerald Hegarty. Like, there's nobody has the 20 guys like them of equal measure. Like, what I'm saying is, like, they can, sometimes you make changes, you upset the balance of your team, but it seems to make no real, real difference for Limerick when they do make the changes. Yeah, and he played David Reedy yesterday, and David Reedy contributed a lot as well. He's trying to get a balance into his team. Now, if you're Seamus Flanagan, I'm sure you're hugely disappointed with yourself. 
because Seamus is savage belief I'm sure in his own ability you know, that you're not getting in there that you're not playing the game uh, his contribution yesterday was excellent particularly his first touch for that point going down the corner very difficult score to take first touch brilliant great turn off his right hand side which is not his best side he's brilliant off his left superb point Asian Breen coming on taking the ball down which wouldn't be really 40 the high ball super point but the the thing about uh, yesterday was that um, John Kiley will be emphasising to the lads, you know, the overall dip in form in the second in the second half, second particularly after half time. Uh, Waterford came out, out of the traps again. I suppose the one thing you associate with this Waterford team at the moment is energy. They have savage energy. They're driving at you the whole time. They're running at you. The Jack Prindigas, you know, the Callum Lines is, you know, going, going. <sighs> And of course, you know, Jamie Barron and Jake Dillon, they're, they're brilliant. You know, they're, they're really close to the ground. They're brilliant at turning, going fast. And as you mentioned yourself yesterday, and I think it was a great point, Dado, Ty is going with savage aggression this year. He's blown yeah. through the tackle. That work, maybe that condition work he did uh, when he was off injured, he's even got stronger. He's had to blow through the tackles and he's driving forward. I felt at half time, Liam Cahill would, would I know Liam's psyche, he would have felt we'll take Limerick today. He would have felt mm. that that's the way he sets up. At halftime, he was annoyed with Austin Mark, I'd say, and a couple of more mm. of the lads. Their work rate wasn't enough. Mm. Also, you saw Keir, uh, Keen Lynch going through in the first half, definite point, no. Peripheral vision, found Casey. Casey slipped. Maybe a goal mm. chance on Casey slipped. But there was a key point in the first half when a superb pass put Austin Gleeson through, he tapped it over the bar. Mark, you mentioned about the Cork situation. Jack Prendergast was on his shoulder. If he had taken the pass, he was gone like a train. He was straight through the middle and it was something like the Jake Morris situation. It had to be a goal. I think yeah. Liam was really annoyed because that would have happened right in front of his nose. He was really annoyed that that pass wasn't all played. It was the chance to get a goal yesterday that needed to score one Waterford to create that shock. That was one of the opportunities they got, as well as the one near the end. But Austin took his point, and I think until Liam gets the best out of Austin from the point of view of his scoring tally one, but more importantly, his work rate and his ability to offload the ball at the right time, it just he he just needs a little bit more time probably to work with that. I think he was disappointed in that situation that that Watford probably didn't make the inroads they could have done because they played well enough to win. By the way, they did. Did you? Yeah. Did, sir. Uh, it's a great game, lads. Like, you know, if you just froze it and, and uh, put the crowd in in your mind's eye or whatever and watch it, this was a great game. I, I really enjoyed it. What fascinated me, and I know I mentioned it, was the puck out stuff, lads, when you're so near and there's no one in the ground. And that's all, you know, everyone has been marked. And here's Nicky Quaid. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Some lad, Ken, and you know, sure, you know yourself, but even for Brian, some lad makes a five yard dart. And the goalie has the guts to go for him. That's incredible, like, isn't it? We and we don't associate it from our time, I suppose. You got it down as far as you could, like every keeper. Like, she's it's amazing now to watch fellas yeah. like Declan Hennon just shooting into five yards of space and he gets it. And there's a runner, you know, it's just a different game in lots of ways. Yeah, that's the coach. I mean, the restarts are significant. I'm just gonna ask you, Dale, where are you on the Kyle Hayes thing, right? Like he definitely had a great game at left half back. But for me, I'm just wondering here, all right, just looking into going down the stretch in tight games, right? Is his lack of presence in the half hour line a potential factor? 
I think like a TJ and like I I'd be close to Kyle. Like, I I had him and just a small bit involved with with uh, Kildaimo Palaskinry and great lad and, and uh, I, I just think it does take away from them him. You know I would I I don't know sure who whose question John Kylie like but when I was when I saw the teams being picked I would have thought Paddy O'Loughlin back in and Kyle if there was something wrong with Daryl Donovan but like he's he's playing really well at seven like he was a contender for men of the match. But Jesus, but the big thing is such a mess of men in the crash zone. Yeah. Richie's coming back into play now. Richie will probably be back for a semi-final. Richie English. So that's going to maybe free yeah. up Dan to go back out and free up Kyle to go back up front, uh, TJ. If Richie can make it, and you know Richie, the determination he has, yes, he can make it at all semi-final. It'll free free up Kyle, you know? He's close to the that, that'd, be, that, that'd be, a fa- it'd be a fair way of solving it, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it would be a big ask to ask Richie, I suppose, maybe to start. But I thought maybe he might get maybe five or ten minutes. But yeah, he's a potential. He could play at either three or four, and like either Dan or, or Barry Nash could go to seven. Like, but the, the flip side of that then is that wall that we spoke about there, that Demi Burns, second hand, and Kyle Hayes there. Like, it's difficult for a keeper when you're facing that five, six, and seven. You're kind of saying, geez, where, where am I going here? So you can see that side of it too. So yeah, but, 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 yeah. but, uh, but just a question. Going down the stretch with maybe one of the bigger sides the next day or whatever, like Kyle Hayes at centre forward. He's a different sort of an animal at centre forward, isn't he? Yes, he is like, and he's coming out and he's also scoring points nearly every day, yeah. two, three points. And yeah, I don't know, sure. Look at he's so flexible. It's a great option to have if you're the manager of any team, isn't it? Yeah. Great, great months of fine lads, and it tees it up. What couple of little things as I have to touch on Kylie's point about the extra players. I'm going to say I agree with him. Loads of people were giving shtick to people on, on social media last night. Aren't you glad to have the matches on? Get over yourself and all this kind of rot. There was plenty of bodies around Turles yesterday in the old stand side, lads, that I didn't recognise as being part of any backroom staff. I don't know how they got in, whether they're Munster Council officials or whatever, but there was like 10 lads that have burst their arse since last November. Uh, for me... Could be inside in the ground that could be, be there with our team. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't I don't have any issue with John's point on that. And I I'm open to the criticism on that. Um let's I just want to take you back as well. We spoke about it last week. Like Hugh Lawler's dragged back a Connor Cooney now with the Hurley. Like he's looking like I and Don Logan's gone on about it. Like and we don't really want to see black cards and the boys didn't bring it up last night. I suppose it's a big deal. And, I know, like you saw it in the Mayo Galway game, right at the death as well. Like man, going through, is there, is is there something like? I mean, I see a few people suggesting that maybe a penalty should be awarded in that situation. Do you know? And okay, you still have your goalie with a good chance, and a lot of them being saved, obviously. Is there yeah. something more like that, that we could yeah. stop that? Like if if you all are thought that was going to be a penalty, a penalty, yeah, would he have let you go of that early? In other words. Expand the small square out to the big, the big parallelogram. Is that what we call it? You know? No, if it, well, like to let the referee decide. Like, like we say in the soccer, like if it's a goal scoring chance, the fella goes off. But if the referee decided it was a clear goal scoring chance, just say like if Colm yeah, was cynical enough yeah. and took down Jason Ford, like you wouldn't have probably conceded that first goal, Mark. Like you know, so there's no, there's no doubt about it. But like you, you could, you could extend out the. Um, the penalty zone out to the 21 yard line that in that big box there, if there's a, a foul like that committed to, to give you drag yourself into every foul in in that situation. Do you know but, what I mean? But in, in the mayor in the kind of football final, it came down to that margin on that penalty that he was fouled just outside the small square. Whereas if that was out in the big square, it would have been a penalty. Um, so it 
that is one that is one solution, Anthony. And yeah, because the black card is no deterrent for the male lad in that situation. It's the seventy third minute. Yes, yeah, it's no deterrent. I think the hurling, yeah, yeah. I think the hurling situation. It's a simple one. It's a no brainer. You have one against one now. Goalkeeper against uh, twenty one yard free, and uh, any free any free given in a goal scoring situation that's deemed a goal scoring situation by the referee. He's mic'd up with the umpires and the fourth official. Should be one versus one, one against one. Um, I think also like uh, which in fair play to Damien Cahalan, he got away with it, but I could not get over. And of course, I was in the board's nest last. Uh, Damien Cahalan held on to Shane McCann. He held him, pulled him down. He was caught in the first half. Then in the second half, the referee spoke to both of them. But Damien Cahalan did a really good shepherding job on him. But surely the umpires were watching that. Surely the linesman uh, should have seen that. It, it was happening off the ball. And, you know, the, like the Hugh Lawler situation, if you get away with it, like any good cornerback or fullback will do, if you get away with it, you'll keep doing it. Yeah. Hey, Dale, I'm just wondering, like, how, how would you decide what's a goal-scoring chance? Though? Like, if um, like if Horgan there, let's say, was it Niall O'Mara was behind after Horgan, he ran through it. If he rugby tackled him on the 45s, like, would you say that was a goal-scoring chance? Um, oh yeah, but your Norman got nearly enough team though, did it? Like he was well, he way. Was, in... was it now? Was it? I think. Yeah, he was. was. I, I think if he was cynically tripped there, you might deem it. Now maybe I don't know. But look, Larry, I think like you saw the Clare Wexford match. Like Tony Kelly got tackled afterwards, and there was that dispute. Like, and by the time Liam Garden went to both linesmen and both umpires, Jesus, the VAR wouldn't have taken as long on 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 match of the day to decide what the decision was like. I mean, so a quick consultation. I, I, I think there's a massive element here. Like we go back to last week about the ball being picked off the ground. You know, that someone quickly in his ear that has seen the replay, I'm doing the core commentary. Ken is doing the core commentary, Tip FM, he's a monitor. He sees it's a pickup. Liam, he picked it off the ground, free out for Limerick. You know, Liam, that was a, that was a clear goal scoring, cynical tackle, one-on-one penalty. I, I don't know. Like we, we need to stamp it out anyway, somewhere. So we're either going down the road of fellas going to have been for ten minutes. I think something is going to happen anyway. That's almost. I think the rules crowd are going to have to well, look at it. And uh, I don't know, Adela. I I, yeah. I think you could really overcomplicate this. Yeah, I think that with VAR, like, what's a penalty? Now you get players in the Premiership actually coached for that contact to get inside the box, right? I think the coaches will catch on to this very very quick. As Larry said, there, what's a goal scoring chance inside the twenty one? It's a difficult one. I think the referees, they're probably struggling with some of the stuff. I, was I spoke to a professional referee recently and he was saying that there's a couple of quick fixes that um, the GEA could do in the short term before you even get to that far, right? Like he, he was suggesting take the time away from the referee, right? That's one responsibility he's got nothing to do with, right? Right? We, we take, take the scoring away More. from the referee. Like, like, like you're, you're there in, in Saturday evening, right? In horrendous conditions, right? And the referee is trying to take a notebook out of his pocket, right? In the peace and rain, right? Trying to notch up a score where it's like literally his responsibility. Like, there's two simple things to take away from a referee straight away. Tell him, just really focus on the rule of the game. To go back to the point of, I play at fullback, right? And it's horses for courses, right? You're two, three, four points up, whether you're five points up. Like, are you going to give away the foul? You are, and I think that's 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 definitely going to be a factor. I think if you're five points up, right, with a minute or two to go, right, and even if there's a one-on-one, -on -one, will you still take the chance? I think you will. I think you will still take a fellow down rather than giving the goal scoring chance. But the technicality of 
what's inside the circle, what's inside the 21, what's a clear chance, what's not a clear chance. We'll be giving out years in time over that, I think, over sin bins and black cards. I think it'll cause more confusion. We've got an awful lot of right. I, I, I still think the small steps with the referee to focus in on the referee, getting the rules that are there at the moment correct, is a better, shorter term, better fix. Yeah, I don't think you're going to escape it, Dottie. I think it's, there's as much controversy without it coming in now as there is if it comes in. There will, of course, it'll lead to people giving out as well. But uh, I just thought if you were Conor Cooney and you caught that ball and you turned your man and you were in, like, you were going to bury it. Like, you know, Baron Murphy made a miraculous save. Like, or something. Surely you, you, you could praise Hugh Lawler for saving up his yellow card for that kind of emergency, you know? Like, if you... If you uh, <laughs> If you get your yellow card early in the game, you can't do that later on. Anyway. I don't think he even got a yellow card, did he? Yeah, well, that was... Yeah. No, and in that he got one later on for persistent fouling. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I think, I think it has to be... Simple. TJ Mitchell, it has to be simplified. It must be inside the 21. Uh, a goal-scoring opportunity. I think if you're going to start going out the pitch and going to go to, to Port Officials, Anthony, you're, you know the hurling... The hurling animals, they don't want people stopping and starting. The water breaks, we didn't mention that. Uh, maybe you're going to bring that up, Dalo. You know, the tactical board was out. Um, yeah. The water breaks are meant to be a refresher for one minute, a few a word in the ear. Obviously, Paul Kinnerk and the lads, they have the tactical board out there, uh, putting the ideas together. Is that, is that what uh, the water break was meant for? We've got to talk about that as well. Yeah, huge, huge pile of things. And like the the what. The water breaks, Mark, that we saw yesterday in particular were longer than any club ones anyway that I saw during the year. They were, they were. But, I, but Anthony, I, I am in favour of the water break and I, I said that from day one. I, I think that the time and effort that management's put into preparing teams and preparing game plans and giving instructions and the only, in, the old model, in the old game, only giving one opportunity to correct it, which was at halftime, I think is a huge opportunity to actually get the management. But, and Ken is right, it's not what the purpose of what it was set up for. But I think what will come out of this maybe into the future will be potentially to give three minutes of a small break in the mid- and move out to 20 minutes a game. I, I'm going, going to go to the 80-minute game, Dalo, into the future, that you have four 20 minutes. Because I think our games actually deserve that. The time and effort the players are putting in and managers are putting in, they deserve it to be going back out to 80 minutes. And um, I, I think this could be potentially something that could come out of the pandemic. But just going back to the referees, isn't it great that we're sitting here on Monday morning and the only thing that we're really complaining about is, is the one thing that Liam Gordon did, that he took too long to get a decision right. So that, you know, I mean, all the other referees had offended. And Liam Gordon had a very good game as well himself. Barry may be the one thing, but he, I think he probably got the call right there and he's better off to take his time. He's a young referee, inexperienced. And I could see why he would take a little bit more time than, than the normal, more experienced referee. He might be that young now, but he might be a bit inexperienced. All right, like, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know, he had a good game. Like, I'm just saying how long it took. Like, and look, it's going to be criticism either way. Like, you know, we're not going to solve it here either. Well, I thought, but you see, the, the, fact, the fact that he took so long, everybody thought it was actually going to be a red card is what he was going to be giving. So I was actually delighted it was only a yellow, to be honest with you, because I don't think it wanted any more than a yellow from what we saw on the television. You know? Well, I just, the only thing with that is the Wexford players hurley was broken after the challenge. I just asked me. <laughs> well, look, it wasn't much. I didn't think there was too much in it. It was a, it was a don't more than anything. I suppose the hurley yeah. just happened to snap. Um, Wing wrong. 
Teach. Good, good referee, Liam Gordon, is what I would say. Um, but what I would say is the water break, in fairness, is a level playing field. It's the same for both sides. So whether it's two minutes, three minutes. But again, the consistency between the advantage rule, the water breaks, and the differences among referees, how in the name of Jay Stella would you get black cards and penalties and clear goals scoring chances right? Not a snowball's open hill. No, no, no. It's a med sport, like as Nigel Gilligan used to say, <laughs> a thousand things happen and someone wins. You know, <laughs> Ken, you have to go on us there. I know that you're great with your time, fair play to you, Ken. Are you confident for the weekend? I'm just delighted to be there for the weekend. I feel that uh, we all have our favourite draws and things like that and Claire and Waterford. I'm sure God we were saying who they'd like to play, who they'd like to play. The Claire lads are one who they'd like to play and, and, and particularly with Waterford after that, after yesterday. But I think everybody's thrilled just to be playing in the quarter final. It's down to the last six. I think it's going to be doggy dog it's a game of character now and resilience as well as uh, skill. But we were bemoaning all these high-scoring games at the start of the year. Now it's tightening up, lads. Everybody's down, down. getting stuck in. You'll yeah. earn your score from now on. And and uh, I think, you know, next weekend, you know, we're still playing in November. But I think the drama that we had at the weekend, the top-notch hurling we had, but above all... Uh, the will to win that was with, with the teams that eventually got over the line. I think that's going to count in a big way next weekend. We can talk about ability, we can talk about skill levels, but it's really at the end of the day, it's that hunger and that desire to get over the line. Particularly yeah, thanks a million, Ken, for everything. Uh, and look, I think you made the call this season when I was asking you about the games, being a bit watery, you said, wait for the knockout, Dalo. I think that was that was a huge call. So great to have you, Ken. I'll just hang on to the two boys and Larry for a couple of minutes because just have to Thanks, slag Dad. Landers about the fantasy hurling. Uh, we'll <laughs> join you up for that next year, Ken, because uh, you definitely won't come bottom anyway. Mark will be bottom. Like, Mark, you're on 702 points. Like, is there anything you can do about this situation here? Like, well, I'm waiting for the, the next transfer window yet again. And um, have you, I, you have I a good bit to spend, obviously, with the way the horses are going. Our career with with the new um, the new cabinet in the back of the office there now, Della, so we're doing okay. But um, I need to remind you that my Leinster and Munster champions were Kilkenny and Limerick. Yes. You seem to have forgot that. And I just no, I, I, I didn't. Uh, you got the key. Yeah, you picked Cork to win Munster, and uh, in fairness. Brian Hogan is the only fellow to get Kilkenny and Limerick right as well. And all the rest of you, I don't know what you're up to. Yeah, I've but tipped to win the Ireland. I'm still standing there. And, uh, cock, cock, oh, you know, the like best, of, best of luck to you now on that one. Never know. I'll take it over this Never weekend, but I'll tell you. The longer day stay yeah. in it. Yeah, but look, um, no, TJ, you made a massive sport on Saturday. I did. You were, you were toothless in yesterday. You had no forward. I know forward, I know Limerick forward, which is hard to say, but I was kind of thinking I have them planned for the semi-final and the final because I can make a transfer Ooh. this week. Um, it's clear winning is a big help to me. The other three, I have, I have Carl Malone, I have Tony Kelly, and Shane O'Donnell. Shane O'Donnell is going to come he right. Goes, he's out of goal, yeah. yeah, he's out. He's out of goals. He's going to the full forward end for the week coming. Watch this space. Shane O'Donnell is going to come good. So we've made it. We, we, we've made a burst. Um, Evan O'Connor and Gareth Blandello is leading that juvenile section so we have definitely a future selector stroke manager in, in the club which is good to see um, but yeah, good, good, good fun I have to say yeah so I have a couple of big calls to make now I had Hoggy down as captain as well Mac now that the big yeah. six are left I have to make a call for who's <laughs> going to be captain uh, so that's, that's going to be significant for me well, you know, after the weekend as to who's going well, to be captain I can't, I can't believe you put Hoggy in and you left Aaron Galen out that is the big one for me <laughs> 
we'll see. I knew you were going to qualify a road. I knew you had more matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lads, you're Cute picking your enough. captain. There's a sign just outside Bellier, and all there is in Bellier really is the school and the church and the pitch. And there's a sign, a stop sign, as you come out from the Clarecastle side out towards our fellow parishioners in Bellier. It's stop. But somebody wrote over it in marker, black marker, can't stop TK. <laughs> and anyone that, any, it's brilliant, it's brilliant. I took a picture of her one day, Scott. And like anyone that has him as captain for the last couple of weekends has been making here. And we have to oh. give it up to one of our followers here, Hurler on the Ditch, who is gone top, obviously a tip man, but he's gone top of the table on a thousand and twenty-two points, in fairness. Uh, so we want someone from the from the pod listeners to win the overall as well so and also on that Butler Hurley's great promise of Hurley's and, and shout out to Morn Hurley's as well Adrian Morn in Westmead who's also made contact with me said he's going to send me uh, some Hurley's and Schlitter so we we will have a couple of other prizes Mark don't worry about it you won't be getting anything Leds uh, <laughs> can they make a wooden spoon they're looking at <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can organise that there's oh, one near me on, here hey, 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 hey. I, I still left in the competition the other fellas now with all the cock fellas in the team and, and and Dublin fellas for that matter you're bored out of the championship and it ain't over till the fat lady sins oh, that's true he's, that's true that's true he's going he's taking out the win he's, take, he's taking out the win minutes don't mind that's the walk just, can't know we, 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 we never get off this uh, podcast so we could talk all day but quick shout out lads down beating awfully Jesus what a result for down hurling I thought Mike from Dyglund and Ferris seemed tough one to be asked yesterday no messing with Ivan she asked him straight up uh, and you know, I took on the job, tough job, Ashley chairman. But you know, he said, Yeah, it's very tough to take, Ivan, but don't take away from uh Ron and Sheehan there and what the job he's doing with Down and you know, they've won promotion and now they're into the, the Christie Ring final and you know, meeting David Herald, he's Kildare. So a great, great win for them there and shout out to them and, and that should be a final to look forward to. I always think Kildare are another one we could get up there in the levels with the population and there is massive pockets of hurling. Massive game in, in, in uh, Belfast yesterday as well. Um, Antrim overcoming Kerry as opposed to all but book possibly their place in the Joe McDonough final. And yeah. then it comes down to a massive one now this weekend, Kerry and Carlo in the Stacks Park. So I'd say that could decide who they'd need. And uh, mm-hmm. obviously... Mark Murphy was on to me already this morning and sent me a clip of the red card that uh, Kerry number seven got there and in no way it didn't look like a red card to me anyway but Mark, uh, if he gets off of it it's the best to look um, obviously have a grab but that, like, there's great competition going on there and, and the big thing like Joe McDonough final instead of the minor final on before the All-Ireland as well on the 13th huge yeah yeah, massive and, uh, look and I suppose the other thing Dale, that we're hoping for now with the other 20 and the minor is that if the lockdown and the government see it as, as being a big success at the end of November with the numbers and stuff of like that, that we may have the conclusion of both those championships as well. But magnificent that the McDonough Cup final is on, is on before the, the All-Ireland final. It's great advertisement for Holland and great for the teams involved as well. And it's, it's getting out in Crow Park. Every Holland footballer, that's where they want to play. They want to play in Crow Park and All-Ireland final day. And we need to open it up as much as possible to let our players play as often as possible in Crow Park. Yeah, it's yeah I agree with that, Taylor. But I suppose the Offaly one is probably the one that kind of sticks in a lot of our minds. And like, like they were like literally Lee McCarthy contenders up to a couple of years ago, effectively, like and have won on Ireland in recent times. So it's just probably a message to maybe all clubs and counties out there. Like, you need to make sure you stay on top of things, keep your house in order. Like, look at Waterford have done there. Basically, they've got a new management team in there who kind of really picked it up. 
know what I mean? They're yep. just taking that back down to the next level. And it can be done, but it does take an awful lot of hard work and it needs everybody's shoulder to the way. Yeah, you just wonder maybe that that match that they had to concede early on in the match yeah. might have, you know, but like, look, you couldn't take it off down in fairness to, that's what Michael said yesterday, lads. Myself and Larry have a big vested interest in the weekend, obviously, on the results. Um, so we leave it to the two neutral men. Give us the two winners there, TJ, uh, Tipperary and Galway, Clare and Watford. Who's going to be linking up to meet uh, Kenny and your own boys? Yeah. My deaf dog um, uh, <laughs> quote, quote last that week. That fairly could, went around the world could, the last could, week. Could be used again here. Um, Claire Waterford first. Um, I think uh, Waterford's performance was huge and I think it's the better piece of form heading into that game right now. I think they're entitled to be favourites. I do what you were saying psychologically this week where they were like that little piece of management from Liam Cahan and I think he will be able to manage it. I think that they definitely have I think the scoring power, I think they might manage Tony Kelly a little bit better than the previous. Claire's over-reliance on Tony Kelly, will that come back to haunt him even though he's at the peak of his powers? So I'm going to go for Watford there uh, to win. The other one, gee, really, really, really tough call, you know. Like, for me, Galway, better team for a long way, long way, long way, but didn't get home. What sort of a bearing will it? They'll be low, basically, Sunday morning. Shane O'Neill, there's no training this week for any of the teams. It's effectively just organisation, getting fellas' heads right, getting the space yeah. right. Uh, oh. Galway marginally. Yeah, just because Tip are a landlocked county and would be able to get to the sea and recover as quickly yesterday as Galway just pop out to Salt Hill. Mark? Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm probably going along the same lines, even though I, I, I went against you this weekend, Delo. <laughs> I... Um, I do think um, someone like Keon Bennett may be given the men marking opportunity to, to, to play on TK, to be honest. Um, I thought Waterford did enough over the weekend in you know, order to, I think their fitness level, I think they'll recover well. Um, just wondering, will, will Claire be happy enough with the lot so far, Dale? Will, 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 will that suggest that was a great win over Wetzel now? Will that kind of, we're happy enough that we've, we've got as far as, I'm not saying as far as we might have thought we would be, but without the four lads that were missing. Um, just, I'd have a sneaky feeling for Waterford because of their fitness levels. And I think it's, it's so well documented now that Tony Kelly is so key to Clare. I, don't, I just don't see Liam Cahill actually giving him the freedom of the park. Um, on the other game, Galwyn Tip, which is just an impossible one to call, but I think I might have the same sentiments as, as what TJ has said there. That Galway looked like the better team for most of the game in the Leinster final, and I thought they were excellent against Wexford. Now Wexford's form, obviously, that that's totally questionable now. And I think Tip, yeah, they ground out the result against Cork uh, over the weekend, and fair play to them. But they'll probably be going away with a lot of question marks again. You know, how do we get Shamie Callan probably more into the game and get more on? Like the men got a goal in every championship match last year. He hasn't got inside the 21 with a goal-scoring opportunity in the two matches played yet. So I think the venues also will have a part to play and the referees will have a part to play in as well. And we don't have either of them at the moment. So I'd be very disappointed if any of the matches haven't done in Parky Cueve because if I if I was... Um, you know, had to be a cock. No, had no, to be a no, cock. No, no, no. yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's all over. It's finished. Like, Geographically doesn't work. There is, Listen to me, they're getting in the cars, they might as well come to Carcass to be going to Crow Park. But I mean, it's actually the opportunity to play in the surface of Crow Park. And we made the, the, the point that Kilkenny have an advantage over every other team because they played all the matches there. 
Dalo, in fairness, you'd love to get a game in Parky Cueve to bring you back up to speed to get to the All-Ireland semi-final. Like, so, like, if you're going to be taking on your, your near neighbours again, Limerick in an All-Ireland semi-final, you went and no run out to Parky Cueve. We're saving that for the final kid. That's the final we should have had two years ago. And our breakthrough <laughs> might have happened, like you know. Larry, we'll just finish up on that, and we'll agree that both of them are wrong in their predictions. Are we okay on that, Larry? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm worried about this one, now. TJ, give it to us one more time, Donny. Too, too old, too slow, too far. <laughs> on that note, folks, a happy Monday, T, and uh, bring on Saturday and roll on, roll on, and. Uh, Great stuff, and I uh, hope you all enjoy the listen as you walk and running. I think we went on a bit again today, Larry. Tony will be giving out about what them hurling fellas are talking about again, but sure, we're good to talk, and you know, if nothing else, cheers, lads. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.